searching for the meaning of life. On what certainties should we build our lives and the life of the community to which we belong? I have come to know among you nothing but Christ and Him crucified. What matters is that I believe it, or rather know, not that I believe it, but that I believe it. We have hope. Someone who's alive today could be a saint tomorrow. That makes sense. That's why Jesus came on earth. In order to set them free with the truth of the gospel. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Upfront with the Archbishop. My name is Jenny Conley, your host. The goal of Upfront is to bridge the gap between the hierarchy and the faithful by discussing the truth, beauty, and challenges of our Catholic faith. And as per usual, I'm here with Archbishop Richard Smith. Hi, Hi. Archbishop. Hi, Jenny. Hi. Your life is so full right now. I can only imagine. How's it going with uh, coordinating this papal visit? It's coming up right away. It is coming up right away. Oh, it's, yeah, it's been a little bit time consuming to, to say the least. Um, yeah. But it's been quite the adventure, I have to say, over the last few months. And thanks be to God, we've been able to send, assemble a wonderful, wonderful team of people totally dedicated to this and bringing a wide range of expertise uh, to make sure that we can make this happen in the way that it needs to happen. So it's been quite an adventure. Yeah, I was. I, I work for another news company and I was just this morning talking to Father Cristino Bavette mm-hmm. and uh, he's the liturgical coordinator for the papal visit. And it's so beautiful to see the detail and intentionality behind what's being created for this papal visit, despite the fact that it's kind of, in terms of papal visits, it's kind of last minute and there's a lot of logistical craziness, but it's still so thoughtful. So that we're doing our best with it. And and you know what's behind this short timeline is the determination of Pope Francis himself. You know, he's yeah. uh, over the last uh, year or so, obviously, he's been more acutely aware, been made more acutely aware of the uh, issues that are before us in the re- in relationships with the indigenous peoples and the difficulties that that they endure in in many many ways. And of course, when he hears these things, he he doesn't like to waste time in response. He wants to be yep. with people, draw near. And we saw that actually from the outset of his papacy when the result, the issue, still is, sadly, the issue of the, the migrants coming across the Mediterranean Sea and drowning and so on. And and those that did make it across had as their landing point the island of Lampedusa, just off the coast of Italy. And so as he became aware of this, he says, I want to go. And I want to be with those people. I want to be with, welcome some of these people. And and he said to his handlers, I want it to be next week. No, a people, right? A people visit. And they scrambled and they made it happen. And so here in this case, he has said, let's not waste time with this. And so yeah. what it has meant for us is that a people visit, which normally takes 18 months, two years to prepare for well, has really had to come together in four or five months. So that obviously has had some significant challenges. But as I brought that to people, as we assembled the team, they said, okay, it's a challenge, but let's get it done. Let's make this happen. We can do it. And it has proven to be the case. Yeah, Pope Francis definitely seems, um, throughout his papacy, he's been a, a people-first uh, pope. Much. And it, it's good to see a pope, in a sense, using the power that he does have in order to connect with people as, as soon as possible. Because, yeah, you're right. I think if, if, if things get held off for too long for the sake of logistics or politics, then sometimes that, that humanizing aspect of it gets lost because it's the time has passed, right? So Yeah, and the Pope, too, in this particular case, he realizes, and he said it before publicly, this is not just a matter of him. He's not the one and only person that can step in and resolve this, as it were. Nobody has that 
has that illusion. He's, he has understood that this is a long journey that the people of Canada are on. And in this more immediate context, the, the church in Canada together with indigenous peoples. And from the outset, he said, well, how can I help? How can I step in and be part of the journey with you? And that's what is behind this uh, strong determination of the Holy Father to be with us here in Canada. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I forgot to mention right before we started this conversation that the intention specifically behind this episode that we're recording this conversation is to um, really answer the question of how can people in the Edmonton diocese mm-hmm. and honestly people across Canada, Catholics who are in the different dioceses where the Pope is visiting, how can they engage with this papal visit? And and before we get to that, I, I wanted to ask you a little bit more again about how you've been preparing for this papal visit. Papal visit as the coordinator, um, you you've mentioned how you're talking to different reporters. There's there's international news. Great interest all, in this. Yeah, great, great interest. interest. So yeah. it's attracting a lot of um, in-depth journalism for sure in terms of the Pope coming. Not only because it's a sensational event, the Pope is a big deal to mm-hmm. many people, but also because of the significance of the residential schools and the Pope's apology. What has been your experience thus far, especially with secular media? Are is there is there a reverence for the Pope? Is it is it a mixture of, a, of aggression and skepticism, but also also like a hope and a, and a joy that the Pope is coming? What's your experience with the media right now? Um, I think we all know that there can be some pockets of hostility from some sources in the media, but I'm finding generally it's a it's it's a genuine interest. Um, they understand the significance of the Pope coming anywhere in the world, of course, and for the Pope to be coming here to Canada is remarkable also. At the same time, there's a recognition that this is a papal visit different from just about any other papal visit. It is so targeted on one particular group of people, on one particular issue. I, I expect that there will be other issues that get touched upon in the course of the papal visit. It's, it's just the nature of things. But it's clear that this is the priority for the Pope, and that's attracting a lot of attention. And I would say respectful, certainly in my experience, respectful questioning, really wanting to understand what this is all about. Uh, there can be, by times, some pointed questions, and, the, and that's fair. That's part of the journalism industry. Um, but no, I'm, I'm finding... You know, help us understand more. Help us understand what the hopes and the expectations are. How does this fit within the the overall long term journey of healing and reconciliation? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I was I was at a at a press conference at Sacred Heart Church of the First Peoples, which is here in Edmonton. It's the it's the official First Nations church in Canada, I believe. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah. And it was interesting seeing the, the secular media. Asking yes, very pointed questions, but there was a, a general sense of, of 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 reverence, I would say, even in the midst of the pointed questions. So it's interesting to see how that that tone is prevailing. Well, I think too, there's there's a sense that you know this will be uh, one of the more historic moments in the history of our country. Understanding well how we can reconcile with the first peoples of this land, after all how we can learn to walk with them, how we can learn to learn from them, I think is important. So that seems to be a general sense pervading all that is that is happening here. This is truly going to be a very historic, very important, and very hope-filled, I pray, 
moment in the history of our country. Absolutely. And you referenced how, of course, I mean, I think anyone who's following the development of this papal visit knows that this papal visit is targeted towards um, a, a very specific community within uh, Canada, uh, Indigenous peoples, especially those who have had their legacy attached to the residential schools. So what words of wisdom would you have for someone who is outside of the Indigenous community? Because there's so many Catholics in Canada, um, and the Pope coming to Canada is a big deal for all Catholics, regardless of whether they're Indigenous. So how can somebody who is not from an Indigenous background connect with this visit and engage with it? You know what? I think the most important thing, the most important way for people to connect with this particular visit is to connect with themselves. And what I mean is this. The issue that is obviously being highlighted in, in this whole uh, papal visit is that of healing and reconciliation. And yes, this visit is tar- is targeted in the sense that the Pope really wants to be first and foremost with the indigenous peoples of our country. But he, the need for healing and the need for reconciliation touches everybody. I have my own need for healing. Uh, you do, our communities do. We know that our world does. And people are searching, searching to find ways, searching to see that it's possible to reconcile within myself, with my families, with with fellow citizens, with other nations in the world. The need for this is everywhere and in every context. So that's what I mean by getting in touch first, connecting first with myself and my environment and the fact that healing and reconciliation impacts everybody. So connect with that and then connect with the visit and pay very, very close attention to what unfolds and how the Holy Father speaks and what he says because when he touches this issue, he's touching something that is actually deeply personal to everybody. And what is most deeply personal is most universal. So this is something that I think can reverberate to all of us. And the last thing that I'd want is for people to think that, okay, this is an issue that just deals with this particular group or this particular relationship, and I might want to look at it as merely a point of interest. No, no, no. no. This is something that truly has the opportunity to impact each of us in a significant way. So it's important to engage, important to follow, and important to pay very, very close attention to the message of the Pope. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's interesting, too, because from the perspective of Catholic theology, as baptized members of the Church, we're all part of the body of Christ. So in a sense, Mm -hmm. healing for one, healing for one person within the body of Christ or healing for an entire group within the body of Christ is healing for all of us. So it's not, it might seem like it's, the healing of indigenous communities is just for them, but in a sense, when one of one in one one of the members of the body heals, we're all impacted and brought into that healing. Yeah, and I, I I do think it's important for us to stay in touch with our own individual or familial needs for healing. When I when I talk to indigenous peoples, very often they'll say, "Look, you know, we're we're resilient. We don't need you to come in and heal us. Right. What we do need is for you to validate our experience. What." we as a broader community in validating their experience also need to be prepared to validate our own and not be running from the truth of ourselves or the truth of our own histories and stories, but be willing to face that truthfully and honestly, to be reconciled with myself in order then to be reconciled with others. So this this need for healing, it, it really spans the whole spectrum of our society. And, and this kind of connects to what we've been talking about here, but to play devil's advocate a bit, 
uh, what would you say to someone who's who's a little bit skeptical that the papal visit is so specifically focused on one group? Because again, the Pope doesn't come around very often, and there's there's millions of Catholics in Canada who don't necessarily share the indigenous experience. So to play devil's advocate, what would you say to someone who's feeling maybe unseen or skeptical as to why this is so targeted? Well, we already know that the Pope is for everybody. He's the head of the church. And it doesn't always mean that whenever he goes everywhere, he has to address everyone or everything. The very fact that the Pope, as the head of the Catholic Church, is coming to our country already is something that does touch the hearts and the minds of of Catholic people. He is our universal shepherd, and we're very, very happy and blessed to have him in our midst, and we want to do all that we can to to welcome him as our as our chief shepherd. Uh, so in terms of engagement, um, practical engagement in this papal mm-hmm. visit, because there's a lot of different events across Canada, and especially here in this Edmonton Diocese, particularly the massive Commonwealth Stadium Mass is going to I, ideally, there's going to be somewhere upwards of sixty thousand people. Yeah, I think that's what they expect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of there's a lot of events that will be occurring in the diocese during the papal visit. But what are one or two practical ways that you would encourage people within the Edmonton diocese to engage with this papal visit once it commences? Well, I think of a number of things, but in practically speaking, uh, three come to mind. First is prayer. Please pray. Already, I know there's a wonderful, wonderful amount of prayer that's being lifted up for this visit. People have an instinctive sense of just how important this is. We may not always be able to articulate the significance of it, but intuitively, there is that appreciation. And I'm picking that up in the number of people that continually say, praying for you, Archbishop, praying for this event, Archbishop. And then I hear other stories of, people that are gathering to prayer and including it in their communal prayer, family prayer, whatever. So this is, there's a beautiful appreciation of just how much this can be a wonderful occasion of healing grace. So that a lot of support for prayer. So please pray for this constantly. Um, many volunteer opportunities. Uh, so at the papal visit website, papalvisit.ca, I think there's an opportunity there to hit a button and indicate that you'd like to volunteer and then somebody can follow up with you on that. And the third one I'd, I'd want to emphasize um, sounds <laughs> sounds like it might be taking advantage of this podcast, and maybe that's because well, I am. You it's, know, <laughs> it's your podcast, your name <laughs> up front with the Archbishop. I don't know if it's well, taking let, advantage. Let, <laughs> let, let, no, but let me be up front then and, and invite people to donate. All right, the, uh, clever. Uh, I, well, <laughs> clever. <laughs> the um, the the, uh, the Pope is expensive. I've I've learned right so. <laughs> Um, the complexity of this is just enormous. Now, the Pope is going just to a few limited sites geographically because of his mobility limitations, which adds to the need for us to make sure that this will have national, in fact, international impact. And so the technology that we need to do for production, for staging, for broadcasting, all, all these things, it's, uh, it's quite something. Now, I would want to emphasize that uh, within that complexity, we're trying to keep things as simple as possible and as frugal as possible in keeping with the spirit of Pope Francis, first of all, and the spirit of this event. But nevertheless, things nevertheless things take money. So um, yes, if people want to engage and donate, and I would encourage as generously as your means would allow, uh, we could certainly use uh, every cent. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm just looking over at our producer. We'll definitely we'll put a link to donate in the in the show notes. Oh, thank for you the very episode. much. Very good. Yeah, very, very absolutely. Good. So thanks to everybody that's able to to help us out. Yeah, and it's interesting that you brought that up. How Pope Francis? I was thinking about that because, of course, this is understandably an expensive endeavor, um, especially in terms of security and things like mm-hmm. that. Rightfully so, but also there's that spirit of Pope Francis, which has always been a focus on simplicity and and um, connecting with, with those who are impoverished. So yeah, I can, I can see how it's, uh, there's balancing that, but also understanding that there's just that very practical expense. Well, the Pope is the Pope and he's also head of states and that comes with a whole number of various levels of complexity that, that we just have to honor. It's all part of the way that we as Catholics welcome our Holy Father. Yeah. It's my understanding that because not only is Pope Francis the head of the Catholic Church, but he's also the head of the Vatican State, exactly. that there's kind of double protocols with that, as if, so. like, if it was the president, but also the head of a religion. So it's kind of a double header in that sense, um, in terms of everything that needs to go on, in terms of security and all of the other protocols that come with someone of that stature. It's, it's very, very complex. And so we've been, we've been having our engagement, obviously, with Indigenous partners as this goes along, but obviously Vatican... Um, the Holy See, their own protocol office, the Secretary of State, and things that need to be put in place, expectations that need to be met with the federal government, its office of protocol and its office of indigenous relations and, and so on. It's, it's uh, many, many stakeholders in this, yet all of, all of whom really see how significant this is right now for our country and are willing to to collaborate and work together to make it happen. The, the, the spirit of collaboration and cooperation in all of this has really been uh, very edifying to me. I've been very, very encouraged by it all. Yeah, no kidding. There must be a really close interaction, of course, with government and church for this specific event. Yep. And government at all levels. And and I'd have to say, uh, seated here in Edmonton, that the city of Edmonton, the province of Alberta, have just been wonderful. The, the the readiness to step up to the plate to make things happen with very, very significant in-kind contributions to make sure that there's spaces available like Commonwealth Stadium for the Mass or that we have adequate infrastructure uh, in terms of roads to be moving thousands and thousands of people in remote areas that would not normally have sufficient infrastructure to support those numbers in a very, very limited space of time. And and as we have reached out to the various levels of government, they've just said, how can we help? What can we do? This is really, really important for us, and we're there for you. And they, it really has been a wonderful collaboration. Mm-hmm. And even down to the the uh, the construction workers, the laborers that are working around the clock to get a lot of projects done that have to be done on this very specific and expedited timeline. I was just outside of the diocese. There's big transformations going on, different churches. A lot of the different sites that I visited where the Pope will be visiting, they're, they're, entire, they're, they're being transformed to uh, represent the significance of the event and host the Pope, and there are people working day Lots and night. of excitement. Lots yeah. of excitement. And yes, people are working long hours. Yeah. And this is something that needs to be acknowledged. To the people yeah. that I have on my team, my, oh my, late into the night to make sure that things happen, things don't fall behind because of the, because of the type time, tight timeline. And yet everybody just has this instinctive sense that we are now part of history, a very important moment in history. And we can't even foresee what the long-term positive consequences of this are going to be. But we know that by God's grace, they will be long-term, very, very wonderful, fruitful 
outcomes from this. And just to have the sense that by God's providence, we are here at this time working on this project is, uh, it's quite a, quite a, quite a sense of blessing. And that's, that's giving rise to wonderful excitement in the people that I'm talking to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It makes me think of, of Esther in the Bible, the, that, that classic saying for such a time as this. Mm -hmm. And it is such a time. So actually, our, our producer, Matthew Bodnarik, who is always here when we're recording, he has a couple of questions for the Archbishop for, regarding the papal visit. So I'm going to hand the mic over to Matthew. And as you do, I'll just remind Matthew that you are an employee of this archdiocese, <laughs> so we'll be very, very... That's you'll right. be cough, you'll be careful with your questions, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. No, don't worry. We've never asked you pointed questions before. Never. No, that's not like you guys. No. <laughs> One of the questions uh, that I had follows from what you were saying about people working long hours. Now, I've witnessed firsthand that you have been working very long hours. So I'm curious just personally from your pers- or from your end, how are you balancing that workload? Well, thank you for the question. Um you know, I'm probably not balancing the workload. This this is something that we we all recognize. Everybody that's involved in this realizes that this does involve a lot of time and effort. And because of what is at stake here and what is it happening here, we're willing to give the time. So, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> I would. I wouldn't pretend that I found what sometimes people like to call that work life balance. But I will. I'll regain it once this once this is finished. Yes, you'll need a long vacation after. And once the Pope flies back to Rome, you'll, we might not see you for a few weeks. Well, but. I'm looking forward to a bit of a rest, I admit. Sure. The other question I had was, you will be necessarily, I'm assuming, because you're the general coordinator of the papal visit, you will be with the Pope in some, in some sense, in some, right? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. You'll, I don't know, rubbing elbows with him, but uh, <laughs> you'll, you'll be with him. Have you thought about what you'll say to him what you if you'll have any questions for him i mean you you have met him before but this have, might yeah. be a little bit more of an intimate setting i have no idea what to expect really i'm told that yes i'll be part of the papal entourage for the time that he's here in the country and and um i i expect you know given that i'm the general coordinator he or his officials might have some questions about okay what's happening next what's this all about and so on and so forth so i tend to think the conversations that i would have um limited though I expect that they will be, would be along those lines. One of the things that I think we all understand is that the Pope, even when he travels, he's still in charge of the church. And so there will be many issues that continue to come before him. I'm sure will be brought to his attention by the officials that are traveling with him. Um, So I don't know if he'll have a whole lot of time to be talking about the weather, as it were. (laughs) But I'll just, I'll be there as... They'll move me in a note, I'm sure, as as needed. And uh, if he's got any questions that I can respond to, I'll be glad to do that. To let the audience know, we are planning to do a debrief episode after the papal visit. So okay. I'll be curious to hear if you have any stories. I do remember Archbishop um, Joseph McNeil telling a story about the last papal visit mm-hmm. to Edmonton um, with uh, St. John Paul II. And he, <laughs> when he was, uh, I don't know if he was staying with the Pope, but he ended up having breakfast with uh, John Paul II, mm. and uh, he talked about having uh, the, the sisters that were serving them breakfast brought over uh, special K cornflakes for breakfast. Okay, <laughs> and he thought it was funny that he was, he was sitting at this small kitchen table eating cornflakes with the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be curious to see if you have any experience like that. Well, you know, I'm sure there'll be many stories. Uh, 
how many of them can be shared on a podcast <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> remains to be seen. <laughs> we fully expect to hear about all of the, the cornflakes or the burritos <laughs> or the, the Tim Hortons ice cap that you sip with the Pope. <laughs> okay, so in terms of engagement, asking the diocese, anyone in the diocese to pray for this papal visit, to volunteer if they have the capacity to do so. And to donate. And again, there'll be links in the show notes, both for volunteers and for the ability to donate to this to this endeavor. Great. Yeah. Um, in terms of prayer, I guess we can just kind of close with that. What's a, a specific intention that people can offer their rosaries up or if they're having a family prayer time, uh, a specific intention that they can offer for you and for this papal visit? Let's pray for the health of the Holy Father, first of all. Um, he's making an extraordinary effort to, to come and to be with us. Everybody recognizes that. And so let's pray that his, that his health remains strong and that and that continue to be strong so that he can obviously carry on in, in shepherding the church. And this is an extremely important issue to us and to him, and our country is important to us and to him. But he's a universal shepherd, and he needs the strength and the wisdom and the grace of the Holy Spirit to continue to be the universal shepherd that God has, has called him to be. So let's pray for that. And pray to, you've probably heard me use this phrase a number of times, but pray that the shadow of St. Peter will fall upon our country. That goes back to Acts 5. And St. Peter, as he's walking around post-resurrection, announcing the gospel, people were bringing to him the sick and those in need of healing and even if they could not touch him or get near to him, if, if his shadow passed over them, there was a transformation, there was a healing. And the Pope is the successor of St. Peter. We can't forget that, the successor of St. Peter. And so he brings with him that shadow wherever he goes. So let's pray that that, that shadow of, the, of, of uh, our chief shepherd, of our first Pope, St. Peter, will fall upon all who need healing, those in our indigenous communities, those within the Catholic communities, or those anywhere in our country that are looking for some kind of um, transformation in their lives that's going to lead to real wholesome and, and, and a lasting peace. Mm, amen. Yes, I will, I, will, I will add that to my intentions today. Yeah, that's beautiful, the, the shadow of St. Peter. Yeah. Great. Well, Archbishop, thank you so much for giving us your time today, and we are praying for you, everyone on thank the podcast you. team. Don't stop. Yeah, we are. I know it's a heavy mantle that you're carrying doing this coordination, and I know that so many people are so grateful for the diligence that you're offering to this endeavor. So thank you. Sure. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this week's episode of Upfront with the Archbishop. We're so grateful for you tuning in. And be sure to check us out next week for a new episode with the Archbishop. And be sure to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. If you listen on an iPhone, on an Apple product, be sure to leave us a review, give us a rating. It's great to hear your feedback. Have a great week.